Hi everyone, and welcome to Traditional Medicine with Shaman Flora. I'm your host, Jimena Garcia. This show is all about understanding yourself through plant medicine, as well as providing education and knowledge around this topic. I hope you guys love listening to this episode as much I enjoy recording it. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome back to another episode on a beautiful sunny day here in Sedona, Arizona. Um, for those of you that don't know, that's where I currently live. And I'm looking outside the window and I can see Thunder Mountain and it looks incredible. So what are we going to be talking about today? Today we are going to touch on integration practices. So I just recently um, delivered you a three-episode series on how to prepare yourself in the physical and mental and spiritual before you sit with ayahuasca or you sit with any medicine whatsoever. And as you know, and I say a lot, is integration is 80% of the work. So 20% is preparing yourself, getting to ceremony, sitting with the medicine, going through the motions, experience your experience, and then coming out to the other side. I know it sounds a lot, but the change, the power, the transformation, the growth, all of these things that you are actually seeking from this experience comes from your integration practice. Bottom line. There are so many people that I hear say, I've been doing this for five years, 10 years, a lifetime, and I have not changed my ways. And like I said in one of the episodes, it's not a quick fix. There is a process to it. And integration is where most of the work lies. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and, and I asked him for a favor to help me do some manly things around the house. And then he said, well, there has to be some some some." energy exchange. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. What, what can I do for you? And then my friend said, well, you can do my, you can fold my laundry. And I was like, done, easy. Um, I don't mind folding laundry. And then I said, but laundry of all things is like, Jimena, I hate folding my laundry. I do not like it. And I'm like, hmm, I was like, why not? And he said, because it's repetitive. There's no ending to it. Of course, there is no ending to laundry as long as you're washing clothes, right? So, but in, I never thought about it that way until he brought it up. And I, and I sat with it and I was like, hmm, he's like, do you like it? And I was like, I don't mind it. I mean, it's not my favorite task to do. It's not like, oh, today I'm doing laundry. Yay. Uh, but I don't, I don't get frustrated or angry or bothered by it. I just get it done. Actually, I kind of enjoyed the organization aspect of it, but that's just me. I'm, I love organizing. So I sat with that when we were in the phone and said, you know, that's healing. Healing's like 
doing laundry, is like brushing your teeth, is like taking a shower. It's a repetitive action that there is no winning of losing. It's just being, just experiencing the experience and then going through it. Um, as you get better at it, I mean, you there's people that they know how to fold like button shirts in like a perfect way. And it's because they've been doing it for so long that they get so good at it. Um, and that's what integration is, is, is repetition, is, is repeating a practice, a mantra, um, a, a behavior, something that will help you integrate your intention. And you could do that on the physical level. You can do it on the mental and you can do it on the spiritual. And, and if you do it on all three levels, then you got yourself an equation for change. Because you need to integrate your lessons on all those levels. I'm going to give you an example and a story. Many years ago, I went to Mount Shasta with my best friend, Gabby. And ever since I started this journey, it became a journey of self-love, of learning how to love myself. And, you know, I think that that's very, there's a lot of words and a lot of things around there about self-love and, and loving yourself and understanding how much you matter to yourself and, and it's all nice and dandy, but the, the understanding of it, at least for me, I don't know how many of you that are listening, but at least for me, it was, it was kind of like hard to understand. I was like, I don't know what I need to do to feel love because I used to be such a doer. So it was kind of like more like on the doing side. Um, and during that period, uh, I was part of a group that when we were together, sometimes we were so involved in our tasks that we will forget to eat. So we'll feed each other. Like someone will take a cookie and like put it in your mouth. It's like, hey, have some food or something like that. And when I experienced that with that group, I felt such a deep sense of love coming from them to me. Like it wasn't a romantic act. It was a caring act. They were, they, they, they care for me so deeply that they would feed me to make sure that I was still consuming my calories so I could continue doing my work. And that was incredible. I was like, oh my God, that is so beautiful. So from that point on, I, I related being fed with unconditional love. Okay, like that was that was the relationship that I created with feeding, um, being fed by someone. And of course, I feed myself all the time. But like I said, it's something that I do in so automatic that I didn't even pay attention to it. So going back to Mount Chester and my friend Gabby, we decided to do a shroom ceremony. And it was in the middle of the winter and we were outside in the snow and it was magical. It was such a beautiful experience. And we had tiny little tangerines. We had these tiny little tangerines and I opened the tangerine and my friend said, try it. Like I was, I was in the medicine. It's like, feed yourself. 
And she's like, and feel it, connect with it. So I stood up in the middle of the forest. I took that tangerine. I closed my eyes. And just like if someone else was feeding it to me, I fed it to myself. And in that moment, the visceral experience that I got of self-love in my physical body, it was, it was, it felt like my whole body felt warm and it was freezing outside. My whole body felt warm. And then, and then my heart like my chase kind of also felt like expanded. It was like a physical experience as I was eating this tangerine. And, and I was like, whoa, I was like, this is how self-love feels in my physical body. I was like, damn, that is, is something that I've never experienced before. And, and what, what that meant to me in that moment was that I was so present to the experience that I got, I was able to catch up to the physical sensations that I was experiencing in that moment for me to connect with the concept of self-love at a physical level. Because when you connect to emotions in the physical body, when you're able to relate your body aches to your emotions, then now you have a map. Your body becomes a map. Your body becomes the thing that warns you before anything happens. Or the things that like you, like the joy, everything, like your body is always the first one to respond, right? I mean, for those of you that are not familiar with it, there is a book, I don't remember the writer, but it's called The Body Keeps Score. Um, and, and it speaks about how your body is the first one to respond to any experiences that you face before your mind, before your heart, before anything. Your body's like the one that receives receives the message, whatever that is. And then it goes into your mind and it gets processed and then it gets digested by your emotions and then you react, right? So how can we use our physical body to integrate the lessons that were taught to us by spirit or by our ceremonies or, or by like that interaction? that I had in terms of like someone feeding me, right? It, 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 it can be, you can use it in so many different ways. It's just a matter of setting the intention and being in that place. But let's say, uh, so for those of you that listened, the last episode um, that I did with Chase about Kava and Kratom, if you remember at the end of the episode, Chase, I asked Chase, I said, is there anything, is there anything you want to share with our listeners and invite them to do until our next episode? And then Chase said, go and do that thing that scares you the most. And that was, and then we close. So that same day, 
Chase and I met to go paddle boarding down the river here in Sedona. He reached out to me and and it was like three o'clock and he just got his new paddle board and he wanted to go ride it down the river. So he's like, hey man, I come on, let's go. It's Friday. And I was like, sure, let's go. So I didn't think through that by the time that we were going to go down the river was going to be sunset. So as I'm waiting for him at the river, I'm talking to my girl on the phone and then it hits me. It's going to be dawn soon. The sun is going to come down. And at that time, what ends up happening in any river or lagoons, especially where there's like rocks, where there can be caves, bats come out because that's their dawn. So they come out to the river to drink water because they've been asleep during the day. And you guys probably don't know this about me, or maybe you do, but I used to be terrified of bats like for most of my life I would my body will completely like freeze and I will turn into a child like just horrible 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 I'm not gonna get into the story but it's been happening it was happening since I was five when I was five I had an encounter with a bat and yeah some of you may like oh Batman yes it felt kind of that way and a few years ago, I was again in mushrooms and I had to cross a river and there were like bats flying all over me. And it was the first time that I had to face that fear and, and it was terrifying, but I, I got through it. And then ever since then, I've been putting myself in situations where I need to face that fear, but most of them are not intentional. <laughs> it just ended up happening. So once I'm there, instead of me running away, I'm, I choose to stay and just face my fear. But this time I was going to be riding down a river at dusk, at dawn. Yeah. At dusk. Yeah. At dusk. And and I was like, oh my God. I was like, no, this, this cannot be happening. So I thought it was comical because Chase just invited you all to do that. And the same day, I put myself in that situation. So where am I going with this? That whole experience of paddling down the river um, where... I had bats flying between my legs, between my head, between my body the entire time was a perfect representation of a physical, a mental, and a spiritual integration practice because I physically put myself in that environment of facing my fear and choosing to believe something different, choosing to believe that those animals were not going to harm me, choosing to connect to my spirit and, and, and realize that there was nothing for me to be afraid of and to stand with my physical body um, in the experience and just really drop into a place of being relaxed. 
Right. And, and that was, to me, that was like the ultimate integration moment for me. I could say for sure that I'm not afraid of bats anymore the way that I used to be. Um, would I be able to hold a bat in my hands right now? Probably. Would I feel uncomfortable? A little bit. Um, I can already feel it on my shoulders. Like I'm starting to get tense and like my body started to, to brace for impact, but not the way it used to be before because I'm changing the narrative, starting from my body and then transitioning to my mind and then, then to my spirit. So that's one example. What is another practice that you guys can do, uh, like physically? Uh, meditation is a great practice, and a lot of people use it and say it and suggest it, and there is a reason why. There is a, there is a saying in Spanish that says, cuando el río suena es porque piedras lleva. And it says, when the river makes a sound, is because it's carrying rocks. And what that means is the rocks are the voices of the people as the river goes. So that means that if a lot of people are saying something, it's because it may mean something. And when you come back from these experiences and you give yourself the time to sit in silence with your with your body, with your emotions, uh, with your thoughts, with your spirit, you experience a higher level of clarity that will support you in making choices. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Why is that important? Why is it important for me to have a clear mind to make choices? after I come back from these experiences. Because your choices is what's going to determine your integration process. So, for example, let's say I go and do an ayahuasca ceremony because I want to share some weight. I'm, 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 I'm overweight. I... Um, want to feel sexy in my body. I want to feel beautiful in my body. And I want to be able to experience a depth of self-love that I can start taking care of myself to a place that it will reflect in my physical body, right? So I go through my experience. I drink the medicine. I have realizations. I have been on a dieta now for 14 days. I probably already lost some weight because it's been 14 days. And now I come back from my experience with a completely different mindset with like 14 days of like leeway. And as long as I stay on the same track, I will deliver in my intention. But when we come back from those experiences, there is this thing that is called the drift. The drift is when you go out there back into the world and then you hit 
something that triggers you. Either a conversation with your parents, something that happened at work, uh, something that happened with your loved one, something that happened with your pet, your car. I mean, whatever. You're hungry. I don't know. There is so much that can happen when we come back because we're not in that container anymore. We are outside of the container and now we're back into our life. So when we sit down and we meditate and we take five, 10, 15 minutes out of your day in the morning or at night to quiet the mind and to feel your physical body, connect with the aches and pains and what is happening in your emotions and what's happening in your mind. And then you're like, huh, okay. Then the next day or the next time that you encounter a challenge, your mind is going to be in a place that can actually step back and look at the bigger picture to make a conscious choice of the next step that you're going to take. So it aligns with your intention. Now, what other practice can you bring for your mind to integrate? The most common one and is very simple is journaling. Journaling, and as you notice, as I'm calling out these practices, they all start with one part of the archetypes of the body, mind, and spirit. But at the end of the day, it ends up connecting all three into one. So one of them leads the way, but at the end of the day, you're working all of them at the same time. Because remember, they're not separate from each other. They do have their own voice, but they are part of your body. They are part of your mind. They're part of your spirit. So it's like, it's part of who you are. Uh, but journaling has a really powerful outcome because sometimes when we write, it requires for the, for the mind to slow down. I don't know about you, but I don't think I can write as fast as my mind can think. I don't think so. I've tried. If, if any of you that are listening can write as fast as your mind, please let me know what technique you use because I, I've tried and I have not been able to. Maybe like even typing, but like I, I can, I can. But when I write, I got to sit down, connect to what is it that I need to express. And then as I'm expressing and I'm releasing my thoughts into paper, I get more clear. And I start seeing very clearly my language. And I'm noticing like, oh, I'm, I'm talking in a negative tone. Oh, I'm talking in an empowering tone. I'm talking in a sad tone. So as I start identifying in which tone I'm writing, whatever it is that I'm writing, then I'm, I start understanding how I'm feeling at a deeper level. And then at that moment, I can bring other tools that will help me deepen that experience or that it will help me shift out from that experience, whatever it is that is required at that moment. 
another one that is really good, really, really good for integration. And uh, I just recently brought this one up and I'm, I'm working on it. And um, I taught it to one of my clients. And this, this was something that I learned many years ago. Um, and it's a very powerful tool. And for those of you, if you guys have never, never done this, I highly, highly invite you to try this out. It like, it blew my mind. Um, so it's writing letters and I'm going to tell you a story of how it came that practicing to my life. About five years ago, I did a transformational training that it was a total of like six months. Um, and the, the, the last three months were the hardest. And it's three months where you're like in a container where you have all of these goals and you're like in so much pressure to deliver all of these outrageous goals in three months. And it's like, go, 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 go. And for those who know me, I'm a completely go-getter. Like I'm, I'm really good at checking things off my list. I'm really good at be like... I'm done. Let's go. Um, so I was in my zone. I was getting things on. I had a schedule. I, I, I was ready to go, but there was something missing. And what it was missing was that I was so focused on my goals that I completely did not create relationships with the people in my group. And I created just a few relationships, but it wasn't like people knew me. And in one of our, one of our trainings, they told me, they said like a stray to my face. They said, we can't connect with you. You are unreachable. Um, you seem like a person that is like unattainable to, to talk to. Like, it's like, we, there is, we just know Jimena as like this person that checks boxes, but who are you? Like, do you even feel pain? Do you even like cry? Like, seriously, I can't connect with you. And I heard what they said and I was like, hmm, interesting. And then I talked to one of my coaches and, and then my coach asked me and said, Jimena, what is vulnerability to you? What does intimacy even means? And I'm like, I was like, to me, vulnerability means weakness back then. Like I, you couldn't ask me to be vulnerable. I would not cry in front of you. Even if you put a gun to my head, I was like, nope, I'm not showing any sign of emotion whatsoever. I'm like poker face. And, and, and then I learned that that was something that it was getting in the way of me growing as a human being not being able to relate to people and not allowing myself to be seen in my emotions, especially in the ones that I thought that made me weak, like sadness and, and fear and um, laziness and procrastination. And um, I mean, anger, rage, all of those <laughs> emotions that sometimes we kind of like put them to the side or just like, nope, I'm not feeling those. No, I'm, I'm Wonder Woman. I never feel any of these things, but deep inside, just like dying slowly. So, um, a really good friend of mine suggested the following and he said, Jimena, why don't you write a letter 
from vulnerability to yourself. So if vulnerability were to be a person and knows you, what will vulnerability say to Jimena? And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting concept. And my friend said, just do it. Just write it and then read it out loud. And he said, and if you want to like take it to another level, then read it to someone else and see what that does, what, what it does for you. So I, I didn't think of it. I didn't think of this much. It wasn't like I didn't dwell on anything. I was like, oh, it's just a letter. Let me go. So I went, I wrote the letter. Uh, it was like three pages. And oh my goodness, the things that I wrote, it made me cry the way I saw vulnerability. It, it like, it just, it, it was so sad. Like I was like, wow, something that is so powerful because vulnerability is one of the most powerful tools that we humans have to connect with other humans. It creates intimacy. It creates compassion, empathy, um, joy, community. But in my mind, I saw it as such an enemy. And someone that just wanted to destroy me, that wanted to like get the best out of me and knock me down. And he was like, nope, this is not what I want. What I want is to bring you closer to people. I want for people to like see that you are equally as human as they are. And let me tell you the shift that I had with my vulnerability from that point on, it changed drastically. I never knew that something that simple can have such a huge impact in my life. And then I took it another level and then I made it into a video and I shared it with all my team members, every single person saw this video. And like in the video, I was like crying and snubbing and like, I will never let anyone see me that way. But to, for me, it was like, this is, this is, this is the part of me that I keep kept hitting from the world of fear of getting hurt um and then ever since then I realized that it actually did the opposite it made me stronger so when you are working in your integration process this is another powerful tool that you have and you may ask Jimena how can I use that in a very simple way what's your intention was your intention to uh, find your purpose? Was your intention to connect to your inner child? Was your intention um, to let go of fear of being controlled? Whatever your intention was, um, then write yourself a letter from the, the like the the like if your intention had a voice. What will your intention tell you? And let me tell you, you're going to get so much information from that place. Um, another practice is also um, writing with your left hand, so journaling with your left hand. Apparently, when you use your left hand, you use the opposite side of your brain, and we store different information in that part of your brain, so something different will come out. Um, so that's another practice that you can have. Um, 
being in nature that's very very common but extremely useful especially for those of you that go to the jungle or, or or go to places remote that are in that city that can help you to also ease the mind and and connect back into um, the spiritual side of you and then one of the last ones that I think very important and it's not an easy one but is your diet I'm I'm sure I have said it many times in other episodes um and I have if I've not that is also very crucial and is remember what we eat is what we are so after going through this process of cleaning yourself from the physical the mental and the spiritual and then you come back and you reinstate yourself back into the matrix what you eat it will support you in your integration process the longer you keep your dieta the longer the medicine stays in your body, the longer the medicine stays in your body, the more information the medicine is going to give you and the support that comes from the medicine is greater. So if you keep your soul intake to a minimum, if you... um, keep your sugars and the fry food and different oils and um, the fast food to a minimum and you stay eating clean for as long as possible, you will see that it's going to be easier for you to integrate all the other aspects of your intention. And as you just heard me in the last 30 minutes, it's a lot, right? It's like you're basically changing the way that you live your life for like certain aspects. And remember the laundry analogy? That's basically that's basically it. You you need to adopt practices that support your intention over and over and over and over again until they become habits. That's what we're going for. And then one is a habit, then it's fully integrated. And then we move to the next and to the next. And then we repeat again. We go to the ceremony, we do the work, we learn the, 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 the lesson, we come back, we integrate, we integrate to the point that now it becomes a habit. And then once that is fully fully ingrained, then now you got another layer layer to chip and then you start again. So I hope that um, this few practices that I share with all of you today um, are useful for working with different medicines and for bringing into your life and making sure that you are doing the work. Remember, integration is 80% of the work. So for those of you that are listening that are either currently working with medicines or have worked with medicines or are planning to work with traditional medicines, just 
keep this in mind. Don't tell anyone different. Integration is where it's at. Have a lovely, lovely rest of your day and see you on the next. Thank you so much, so much gratitude and many blessings to you for listening to today's podcast. Please subscribe to the show and tune into our next episode every Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram or join us, our Facebook group at Rainforest Healing Center. And lastly, please rate and review the show on our Apple podcast. This is the best way you can support us so we can get the show to more people just like you that want to learn about plant medicine.